Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. Two Wi-Fi antennas got married last Thursday. The reception was fantastic. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good one. I like that one. That, I, I give that one a 8 out of 10. That's, a, that's okay. high praise. 8.5. Okay. 8.5. Well, you know I have to go until they're terrible, so... A priest is offering his condolences to a recently widowed man at his wife's funeral. So the priest says, I'm very sorry for your loss. Is there anything I can do for you? And the husband says, can you give me the Wi-Fi password for this place? <laughs> and the priest says, you realize we're about to bury your wife. Uh-huh. And the guy said, is that all lowercase? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's terrible. That's pretty funny though i i can we're 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 talking about not necessarily wireless technology today but we're talking about how one person may have helped us get a little closer to it right yeah well it's let's just say uh this was the foundation the foundation this person set the foundation and the foundation for pretty much everything we use and um, pretty much a lot of our, not modern, I wouldn't say conveniences because we're way too reliant on it to say it's convenient. Right. Um, but our, our modern way of life. Right, right. And and we're talking about anything in- Gore. No, I'm sorry, that, that that's for the internet because he invented the internet. So no, I'm sorry. That's- Oh, that's, I caught, no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about stuff when it comes to wireless fidelity, not only Wi-Fi, but this technology that we're talking about today, and we'll, we'll cut to who this person is in a second, but mm-hmm. it, it's been, I know for a fact, it's, it's, um, anything, um, you know, Wi-Fi, anything, um, Bluetooth, um, and you know, anything, um, cellular cellular as well to a certain extent and also other technologies uh, for those of you out there who use um, um, lighting control in homes Zigbee is a um, you know a type of uh, wireless technology Zigbee uses this and and the upcoming thread radios for matter actually also use these technologies and the technology we're talking about is uh, radio frequency hopping. So, yeah. And it came from the most unlikely source. Um, And we mentioned some, I I think we have to mention this because it matters. The, the, the person that we're, we're focusing on is an actress from the forties, Hedy Lamarr. And, if you don't know who that is, please stop and Google her. 
And the reason this matters is because she was regarded at the time as one of the most beautiful women in the world. And it kind of played to, the, it kind of was a detriment to her <laughs> because right, of that. Right. And there's, and so, there's also a pretty good um, uh, documentary on her, right, George? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's on Netflix. It's called Bombshell. Um, for those of you that are old movie buffs, she was in the movie Samson and Delilah. So Delilah was was the biblical character, um, I, truly one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Just had that classic beauty. Um, and when we talk about stuff in technology, uh, when we talk about uh, people in the technology space being um, attractive, that is definitely on a relative scale, <laughs> right? We don't necessarily equate like engineering types or or people that that come up with uh, technical solutions um, to also be graced with beauty. It's like God said, pick one. You know, right? Okay, I want to be technology person. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. And when when we got started in technology, George, um, back in the day. I mean, there were there were not a lot of women who were in no. technology, and now, thankfully, um, I think that's I think that's changing more. I mean, you're seeing a lot of people who, if they're not straight up engineers now, um, they're definitely women that are um, much closer to technology, um, and it's just not like HR and stuff like that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with HR, um, but you know, I mean, there are people who want to get into the sciences, want to get into coding, want to do those things, and She's definitely, uh, my opinion, she's definitely a role model for those people. No question. And, you know, so we talk about, the, it's often said that um, people during World War II, they call it the greatest generation or whatever. Um, the life that, that Hetty led was, uh, I don't know why they haven't made like a really big blockbuster movie about it. Right. You know, so um, she started, she was kind of picked out by talent scouts or whatever because she was a beautiful teen. Um, and then she made a couple movies. She made one that was very risque. So so here's, <laughs> here's a distinction. Um, her movie was so risque, Hitler banned it. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> God forbid we put something on the big screen, but what about all the other things you're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so what what was interesting is during um, after Hitler came to power, she was married to this guy that was a little bit older than her, very controlling. Um, so we're talking mid forty. We're talking about mid forties now to kind of place the time frame. Yeah, yeah. very or early forties. Early forties. Early forties. So. Um, so she's married to this guy and, and she's like, I, I got to leave. And, and she really wanted to come to America, partly be, to become an actress, but partly because, you know, Europe was pretty much, she, it was pretty clear Europe was going to be on fire. Right. And so, um, she, in order to leave, cause she was pretty well known, 
um, different reports, but the the consensus is is she dressed like a maid because everyone kind of knew who she was. She mm. dressed like a maid and had and was wearing like all her jewelry because mm. mm. that that's all she had. Sure, he couldn't necessarily go out with a whole load of cash or whatever. And she was married to this dude, and and I think this guy basically said, "Yeah, go ahead, you know, do what you're going to do." And, what have you? Um, and then she came. Uh, she came to the states and um, went to MGM and uh, different reports again with Louis Meyer, who was the head of MGM. Um, and over the course of her life, I think she was married like four times. Um, but there was. That's not bad. Most people in Hollywood are married in four four times in in a couple of years. So yeah, by the time they're twenty three, right? So I think she did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like other technology people, she was a little bit of a weirdo, right? I mean, most... had a little nerd going there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, maybe not the most personable person in the world. Maybe a little more direct, and so that was either you know, the nerd in her coming out or, right. you know, um, the German nerd in her coming out. Or right, just, right. Yeah. She grew up at the time as a society, Germany, Germany was very direct. They, um, they didn't really encourage the softer side, if you will. Got it. Um, so she, she found all this success on the, on, on the big screen and getting to, the technology piece. the The U.S. Navy had an issue. Their torpedoes were radio controlled, right? And the Japanese were jamming them, so they would go off course. And um, the reason being is they were on one channel, mm-hmm. so the Japanese would probably just flood a bunch of channels and with distortion or noise or whatever, and would get yacked up or or worse they would try to find the channel that was on and eavesdrop yeah 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 and to find out when it would be launched or whatever right and and, and so um so it was a real problem for the navy and i guess this was publicized or what have you and um so hetty my understanding is hetty came up with this concept of signal hopping and basically send the information and then go to a different frequency and send the rest of the message and then go to keep on bouncing between different frequencies. So if you even if you jammed one of the frequencies, it would pick up the message on the other one. Right. Um so she had this concept, wasn't exactly sure how to do it. So what she did is she had, um, she went with other other people. She was she was trying to find out how to do it, and she came across some uh, a friend of hers, who, and this is the beauty of applying technology because a lot of times it's getting things outside of what you think the problem is, as as a way to to help you solve the problem. So in this case. The guy that she brought to, to to try to figure this out 
was a guy that was very well versed on repairing player pianos. And if you ever seen the old player pianos, there was literally a scroll that would that would keep on um, going up and down, so it, it would just continue to be pulled from one side to another. Right. Um, and where the holes were, those were the keys that would be played. But because you're using all these different keys, and you think of a key a keyboard on a piano, it would hop between one one note and the other. Mm-hmm. And so this guy said, oh, well, I, I see your concept. Maybe mechanically we could do something like a player piano. And so they brought all these things together. And she worked on this, and it actually worked. And she brought it to the Navy. Wait, didn't she? Get, but first, she got a patent, from what I understand. Yes, yes she did. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah she got a patent. Um, and, you know, went through the whole process of, of the patent thing. Nobody had anything like that, and, and she did it. Um, and and I, I th- actually, I think there were a couple patents that were that were awarded. And so she's like, great, I, you know, let's use it. And they, they really didn't take her seriously. And they didn't, I, I believe they just didn't know what they had. Right. Right. And so they shelved it. Yep. They shelved it, but the U S Navy didn't. Right. <laughs> right. Unbeknownst to a lot of people. Right, right. And this is 40, 42, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so then the Navy's like, okay, this is great. We're going to use this. But they basically held the pat. They wouldn't let it, because they didn't want anyone else to have this technology. Right, and they classified it as, um, you know, a secret communication system, so... Yeah. No touchy. So, yes. Yeah. And okay, maybe during the war, but she should have gotten paid for it. Yeah, she should have. And and then what? Jump jump out to what? Nineteen uh, fifties, and and the patent, or at least the technology, was rediscovered, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like fifty two. Um, it was kind of like, hey, this could be used for something else. And. Again, it, it stayed within the military because it was kind of classified. Um, and they kept on developing things. But again, and I don't know how this happened. They probably gave it to the defense contractor, said, hey, this is technology you could use, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how she didn't get paid for it. Yeah. The defense contractor at the time, I believe, was Sylvania. And, um, in, and they did, I believe they further suppressed it. Um, because it was used again in the Navy um, during what I believe was in '62 the the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, it, it, but it, it's years of, and then there was over yeah. twenty years of, essentially twenty years to your point, George, essentially twenty years of, you know, um, patent um, uh, suppression. It, yeah. But it gets worse. It always does. <laughs> yeah. So 
there's this stuff it's used in in the military great um again she nobody got paid on it and then they're looking at this technology and they start using it for communications because all the stuff that comes to market i'm i shouldn't say all i can't i it's hard to say all. Well, and if it's not all, it's it's yeah, it's, it's a majority, Let's right? The majority, and it's a variation on a theme. It it may not be an exact type of copy of the technology, but it definitely inherited some of the traits from this original patent, right? And so we don't even know what other things that this was used on necessarily, but here comes a cell phone, right? Right, and right. and the first the first cell phones were developed by Motorola, yeah. who happened to be a defense contractor. Whoops. Yeah, and then and then Bluetooth, and then Wi-Fi, and, you know, again, not, you know, uh, not an exact, you know, copy of the technology, but something that was inspired by it. Exact, and I'll bet if they went to court, if they could have gone to court, but they couldn't, but if they could go to court, I think it'd be a pretty easy case to say it's based on this concept that's patented. So even if they're not going to get the full amount, they should have gotten something and nothing. They got nothing. Right. And and again, how much of this comes down to a celebrity because she was a celebrity, you know? I mean, th- this would be like the equivalent of uh, who's who's that who's that big, like, right now? Like a, a Scarlett Johansson or a... Oh, sure, um, sure. Or, or a, uh, a T-Swizzle comes out with some technology and they're like, oh, yeah, you're adorable, but, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not going to use it or they didn't take her seriously. And then, you know, a few years goes by and they're like, hey, they were onto something. And we're going to use it on all this really cool stuff. But it's still classified, so nobody's going to know about it. You know, and and that's the thing. At the time, nobody could know about it because it was all classified. Yeah, and generally speaking, because we're, we're creating a timeline here, right? Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, you know, U.S. patents are generally good for about 20 years. Unless they get renewed. That's why I said generally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there, there are other patents that actually have a 15-year, so 15 and 20-year. And like you said, you can you can renew them, um, and uh, there, there is a process for that. But she didn't know. She didn't know that it was being used. No. And, and the basis for modern communication, and again, you said it's not exact. But this concept of of frequency hopping is absolutely imperative. Everything we're using today. It's kind of interesting to find out where some concepts come from and who would be responsible for them, you know, and uh, never would I have ever, you know, uh, you know, reading through, um, and I have actually read through you know, um, wireless specifications and stuff like that. Cause you know, I'm a nerd. 
Um, but you know, and I, I've looked at the frequency hopping sections and never would I have ever, you know, even thought of where that came from, which, you know, it's funny now that I am aware of this story. Um, I often wonder where other technology ideas and concepts and yeah, you know, right. come from and, and who, who is, who is the inspiration for that? And this is, we, we should be very honest. This is a show that George and I wanted to do for a very long time because, it highlights that. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be, um, crazy, super, super techie, um, to come up with a really good idea that impacts the human condition and, and technology. It, it, it just means, Hey, you know, what if this does that? And what if we take that concept and throw it into the automotive industry or the technology industry or the aerospace industry, whatever it is, um, it's interesting where those ideas come from. Absolutely. And I think it's really inspiring that this was uh, not only a woman, but a, a accomplished actress in a completely different field. So she definitely had an engineering mind. Yeah. Absolutely no question about it. Yeah. But, but she wasn't a lab rat. She, you know, she had a completely different life, you know, had kids and the whole deal um, and came up with this concept and and went to the point of getting a, a patent on that. That, I think, is really a big piece here. The fact that she followed this through all the way to the point of getting a patent, because back then. That wasn't, you know, that stuff wasn't on computers. When you did a patent submission back then, there was actually a patent clerk that would have to go through all the records that were somewhat related and try to see if there was an existing patent that, you know, would disallow you from getting a, a brand new patent. Yeah. And it was... That, that was a thing. That was yeah. A whole process in and of itself. Yeah, and if I and I if I remember correctly, because I remember looking back on the patent um, a while ago, it was a one pager. It wasn't like a, you know, a a detailed type of thing. Um, but it's a, uh, it was it was it was described as a secret communication system. Yes, right. Yes, and you know there was a very, you know. Um, uh, easy way. I'm, I'm trying to remember the documentation, but there was an easy way to show how that channel hopping would occur. Um, you know, based off, like you said, that rolled music, you know, concept, and then moving it into a mechanical, digital, mechanical, um, uh, you know, uh, type of, uh, um, you know, environment. Remember 1940s, you know, I mean, we were still kind of, for the most part, um, restricted to vacuum tube technology the integrated yeah. circuit really wasn't uh, around at that time, and so we're we're talking about some pretty, pretty limited, um, you know, type of technology. They were definitely limited by the technology of the time. Definitely, yeah. And, and just to show you, like post, um, post invention, um, in ninety nineteen ninety seven, uh, Hedy Lamar and George Anthel. The, the other person he was the he was the musician right 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 okay yeah um 
were uh, were jointly honored with the Electronic Front Frontier Foundation's Pioneer Award. That's Raytheon. Uh, no, no, uh, Electronic P- Frontier Foundation's Pioneer Award. Oh, okay, okay. I thought Raytheon uh, had something to do. And she she was the first woman to receive the invention conventions. Uh, oh, the Spirit of Achievement Award. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And and again, because it, again, the the name of it was secret communication. Right. They were able to you know keep it whatever. Um, no, wasn't wasn't there a value? Someone assessed what there might have been a value that she may have been able to claim if she went back and said, "Hey, you know what? Even though these you know uh, patents expired, but I'm going to file for some type of you know." Uh, you know, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna look back and see who exercised the patents. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a estimate of what would have been owed to her? Yeah, I forgot what that was. Um, it was a, it was a big number though. I remember that. It was a ridiculous number, and I have to say, you know, her kids are in that documentary, um, and you know, she was what she was, and and ended up. You know, living a, a life of seclusion in her later years. Well, that was that was going to be my point. Is that you know, for someone who came up with this, you know, I mean, you hit it right on the head. For someone who came up with this amazing idea, right? Um, she, she in her later life, um, was uh, uh you know, not uh, let's just put it, not wealthy. She was, and even though she had, she had funded her own movies. This is a woman who funded her own movies too, yeah, and produced her own movies, and a lot of her wealth you know, went towards that and she may have not have necessarily gotten the returns out of some of those movies that she was hoping for. I, I think because some of those movies were ahead of their time. Um and just people didn't really latch on to them. But but that being said, um a lot of her wealth went to projects that she did and at the end of her life she really didn't, you know, she really wasn't a wealthy person. Like she should have, and and those patents, you know, could have um, really helped her out and her family out. Uh, we're talking, we're talking like a, I I think a couple hundred million dollars, if not more. Yeah, it, it, it might have even started with a B. Might have, yeah. Uh, and so, what you brought up a really really interesting point. Back in the late forties and fifties, there were very few women producers. I think she was one of the first ones, right? Yes. Yes. So uh, very, very confident, very, very uh, uh, driven person who really let nothing get in her way. I mean, um, you know, to to mix uh, to mix metaphors here, the ball's on this one, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, for uh, sure. I think that, yeah. That was a real trailblazer a real trailblazer and, and really a, a true inspiration, uh, certainly for women, but for anybody who thinks that a task is too big, um, she went and did it. She just went and did it. So it, I love this story. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I'm really bummed that she didn't get rewarded for it as she should, but man, she crushed it. Yeah, she did. And, uh, you know, to your point, um, you know, I, 
I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, from from what I saw and from what I read, uh, and I read a a lot about this after you turned me on to it. Um, you know, a lot of the people who use this theory, this idea, you know, they they kind of found it right. They found it in in you know a pile of paperwork in a pat, not even in a patent office. It was, you know, might have been a technical journal. It might have been a concept that someone read from someplace and then they they decided to write an internal memo or document. Again, there weren't computers in the 40s yes. and 50s. So you had, you know, rooms with key locked uh, file folders and these are research papers. And when people went and did research at um, Raytheon at, or I don't even know if Raytheon was around back then, but Boeing or, or these big, you know, uh, aerospace, you know, um, type of uh, companies, uh, defense contractor companies uh, or organizations, they they didn't do it like they do it today. It's not like they jump on the internet or they go and they have their own internal secure network. They, they're pulling paperwork out of, you know, a... File cabinet. File cabinet, <laughs> yes. Thank you. And I don't think that it was meant to... It was like, oh this is a great idea. Why haven't we applied this? Um, you know, if I have to fire a missile out of a submarine and it needs to communicate to a surface buoy, which goes to an airplane, which we're going to triangulate this, you know, this, uh, this target. And then these guys were figuring this out by literally slide rule in hand. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh. Yeah. And think about like even, even like in the '60s, a lot of the like skunk work stuff was done with slide rules early on. Yeah, I mean, even in the '70s, guys uh, and gals, the um, the uh, what do you call it? Um, Concord was made by slide ruler in Great Britain and in France. So. You know, you, you got to kind of understand what we're working with here. And so I, I think that the fact that, you know, why she didn't get credit in, initially um, and, and you know, by the way, it's it's 50-50 patent. There's a guy there, too. Right. So it's not a right. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah. I think it was more of a it was missed through the journey of time and under the scope of war. Um, you know, there are just so, certain things that you want to disseminate and certain things. You can't disseminate, and uh, you know I'm not making excuses for anybody, but I could see how that would get lost. But you know, there is a way to to undo a wrong and 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 make something yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's where I was going to jump in. Yeah, right. okay. Yeah. You know what the the secret this, the secret that. Okay, makes sense, but when you figured it out, because. The internet figured it out. Oh yeah, well, a little bit ago, right? Yeah, for sure. That, While she was still alive, yeah, late nineties, I believe. Yeah, fix yeah. it. Yeah, because she's getting awards. Yeah, she's getting, she's getting all these, you know, awards, and, and so just go fix it. Yep. But yeah, uh, I know, I know, it's frustrating. And uh, but anyways, but, the, the the point was, what what an amazing person. That was the point. Yes. Yeah. And and a very imp- Perfect. Um, certainly, when 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 you take a look at the full story, a very imperfect, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, what a life! 
I thought it was a great story. I appreciate I appreciate you bringing it up because yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, when I heard it, I was like, my jaw was on the floor, you know. So it's fun to see those. It is, yeah. And if you know, if we find anything that's uh, just as interesting, well, uh, you know, honorable mention, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if any of our listeners have a great idea, just do it. Yeah. Just, you know, why not? Now it's even easier. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with the ability to 3D print stuff, <laughs> with the ability to literally create your own circuit boards, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, the the whole make, uh, maker's, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, there are people who are out there who, you know, create and they they innovate and build new things and you know they do this in in you know public you know uh forums and they do this in private forums and you know the the tools that are out there today can you imagine oh, can you imagine these you know yeah could you imagine what you know uh we would be able to do if we had you know the power of uh, a macbook pro back in the mid 90s i mean my god you know the software right just be able to model it yeah Right, you can model you can model something in, to see if it works so easily now, and, and yeah, so go do stuff, man. Yeah, for sure, and that that's that is actually the moral of the story, right? I mean, she may have not have been thinking about that, but you know, if if she can definitely do something like that, who, you know, it's not it's not a matter of you know, well. You know, why is she any different than anybody else? She's different because she was an actress and she was literally doing this part time. I mean, <laughs> she wasn't even really paying attention, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and, but but it was a great idea. And I'm not trying to diminish her role in it. I'm just saying, imagine if, if you know, kids these days or even people these days go and apply just half their wonderful brain to something. It would be a, a much better world, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's our public that's our public service uh, message for tonight. That's right. The more you know, <laughs> the more you know. Right. That's right. Uh, now, now we're now we're going to have to pay royalties to NBC. There we go. Oh, uh, oh, hey, if they if they care enough to to that'll mean pe- more people are listening. So that's good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, George. Hey, dude, this was fun. No, this was fun.